Drink Element is a healthy alternative to sugary electrolyte drinks. Each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, or any other junk. Element is thrilled to be releasing a new limited-time flavor this November, Element Milk Chocolate. I drink Element every day to support my workouts and being on the court and in the classroom. As a member of our community, Element has a special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours today at drinkelement, that's L-M-N-T, dot com slash contacts. Our next partner has a product I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a simple all-in-one solution as opposed to the ever-changing variety of supplements I have been taking for as long as I can remember. Sometimes up to three ramekins a day full of pills and powders trying to find the right formula for peak performance. Now that I've been taking Athletic Greens for a few months, I love it and I will never go back. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I take one scoop in the morning on an empty stomach and an additional one in the evening when I'm feeling run down. I've seen such a difference in my own performance that I recently ordered additional AG1 for the rest of my family to use. It costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and supports better sleep quality and recovery, in addition to mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com contacts. Again, this is athleticgreens.com contacts to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Elroy's Fine Foods, the Uncommon Market. A revival of the community market, promising you an uncommon shopping experience and the finest of groceries and prepared foods. When Chloe and I first envisioned what Elroy's Fine Foods would become, we wanted to build a market that was focused on building community. A beautiful store that not only sells incredible foods, but also prioritizes environmental and social responsibility, and provides the community with a safe space to shop, eat, and hang out. Elroy's Fine Foods is located in Monterey, California, offering the most delicious prepared foods, curated groceries, certified organic produce, a full-service bulk food section, fine cheeses, natural wines, local beers, and humanely raised meats and sustainably caught seafood. Elroy's Fine Foods, the Uncommon Market, 15 Soledad Drive, Monterey, California. Welcome to the Contacts Coaching Podcast, dedicated to bringing you practical ideas from coaches, sharing what they have learned throughout their career. The show is designed to serve as a digital database of mentorship from a wide network of coaches whose innovative, reflective, and diverse knowledge may offer ideas to enhance your experience. 
In addition to sport-specific expertise, each episode also dives into the ways in which culture, strategy, and tactics can cross from one discipline to another. I'm your host, Justin Clem. Welcome back to the Contacts Coaching Podcast. We are going to have our inaugural in-person session since COVID is over. We are at the annual California State Athletic Directors Association Conference in San Diego, California. And we are with John Radcliffe, former State Athletic Director of the Year. We don't remember which year, but it was recently. Section, section, not state. Well, you deserve to be a state athletic director of the year, so we're going to call it that. But anyway, John Radcliffe, he is the athletic director at Greenfield High School and the varsity girls basketball coach. Appreciate having you here today. Thank you, Justin. So let's just figure out how you ended up being an athletic director, being a coach, being at Greenfield pretty much since its inception, it would seem. And uh, take us through that journey after you got out of school and how you ended up doing what we're doing now. Oh, wow. So graduated from college, got my credential and moved to the burgeoning metropolis of Greenfield at the ripe old age of 22 to teach uh, sixth grade math and science. And that year they needed a, a co-ed softball coach. And so that was my first coaching gig. And when you say co-ed, like at the high school or at the middle school? This is at the middle school. Okay. So so this is before the high school was even built. Did this at the middle school. And at the time, it was like, hey, I know something about this. This is going to be fun. Did the co-ed softball thing. Next year, they needed a volleyball coach. So coach volleyball the following year. And then following year, they needed a girls basketball coach. And that's where I got my start in coaching girls basketball. Great group of kids. I still have contact and relationships with some of these kids from that first team I coached way back when. Great athletes. <laughs> we had very successful Seasons, those kids went on to win uh, championships down in King City playing with Ken Klein. And that's because at that time there was no Greenfield High School and all the Greenfield kids went to school in King City. Correct. And so we bust our kids down there, made a conscientious decision to try to leave Greenfield to get to a high school. And it was just a, a different place to live. And now ground is broken on Greenfield High School. And I, I got involved with some of the ideas of, of what was going to go on at the school a couple of years before it was built. And got to know the, the principal um, who was hired well in advance. And one day, it was October 98, we were supposed to open. We were already supposed to be open, and it didn't work out due to construction delays. And he's like, hey, I need an athletic director. Do you think you want to do this? So I'm like, about about it? I'm like, yeah, I want to, I know nothing about this, but I want to do this. And so that's where that all started. I think I was given a $225,000 budget to buy all of the equipment and uniforms and everything we would need to start an athletic program. Two coaches were already hired for me, and it was a matter of finding enough people to, to fill the rest of the positions. So interesting segue into what I traditionally ask next, which is when you first got into the seat of being the head coach, or in this case, the athletic director seat, what is it that you still needed to figure out? And you pretty much already said, I have no idea what I'm doing. If you had to go back in a time machine and give yourself advice at that time as a 20 plus year athletic director, now, if my math is right, 23, 24, what would you say are the things that you have to figure out when you first sit down in that chair? 
I think it's a three-year process. The, the first year was ignorance was bliss. You didn't know what you didn't know. You just rolled with the punches. And LG Belizio was a phenomenal individual to work with. Very encouraging, very supportive. From early on, he's like, John, you got to get your CAA. And did some of that stuff in Palm Springs. Um, first year out. And, and took the legal liability classes, which, you know, I think scares the heck out of everybody. And that was kind of an eye-opening thing because that was spring. It's okay. I need to modify some of the things we're doing. The second year was, okay, let's improve upon the things that we know we didn't do the first time around. And the third year, the bumps tend to mellow out even more. Unfortunately, I don't think enough athletic directors these days stick with the job long enough to get to the point where they're comfortable with what they need to be doing. So... Why do you think that is in regards to you've been doing this for 23 years? I'm, I think, five years in and not in any hurry to do something differently. But we just attended a session this morning of probably 140 new athletic directors at this convention this year alone. Why do you think people don't hang around very long? It's a tremendous drain on your time. I think half of the job is knowing the, the rules and regulations of your district and your league and your section. And then there's a big chunk of your job, which is wrapped up within not only your school community, but the community in which your school is located. I'm on call six days a week, be it van keys or what's going on at the school. I live in the community, so I, I live you know, two minutes away from the school. If you offer a full slate of, of sports, you're on call all the time and some people just do not wish to live that way I think is what it boils down to there I look at it I, I see teachers that come to work at the contracted time of 745 and leave at the contracted time of 315 and yeah we were compensated the same but there's some people that just don't tick that way mm -hmm. I've always been a crazy workaholic put in the time do what it takes to get something done mm -hmm. yeah and I would say most of our colleagues that I don't want to even say find success, but find the least amount of resistance and things that create misery are the ones that are wired that way. Like it doesn't bother us to get the call late at night. It's, there's almost a, we thrive on chaos mentality that goes along with that, that is almost stimulating. Yeah, I, 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 I just keep adding more. I, I'm finally at the age now where I'm, I'm looking at trying to remove some things from the plate, but I, I piled it on early on. Um, I remember distinctly a principal sitting me down late nineties saying, Hey, you, you really need to slow down. Um, I was single, um, working just, it's all I did mm -hmm. was work, earn a few extra bucks to go fishing down in Mexico in the summer. And that was life repeat process. So, you know, there's conscientious decision on my part, trying to remove some things is it just takes longer. It's amazing. You know, in my early fifties, this last basketball season took four to six weeks just to get to the point where I didn't feel exhausted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. As the AD, how would you say your approach to the job has changed over the 20 plus years? And how would you say the job itself has changed over those 20 years? I think I've always seen myself as a support role find a way to say yes. The coach is not asking you for something for the sake of asking. If they have a need for what they're asking for, find a way, make it work. If we need to raise money, we can raise money. Change policy, let's get it done. 
And I think that's been consistent throughout my time as I am now the old guy. Before I was the, the young guy working with older coaches. Now I'm the old guy working with younger coaches. I think there's a much more of a mentorship role that I'm playing as an AD now, especially with most of my coaching staff being alumni. Mm -hmm. So I had these men and women, these mm -hmm. boys and girls as students and, and athletes back in the day. And so that's been neat to see that, that come full circle. The amount of paperwork definitely has increased rules and regulations, you know, a lot more stuff coming down from, from CIF, transfer stuff. Before you could ask a kid, why are you at Greenfield High School? I moved here. Oh, who'd you live with? Um, they named their family. Who do you live with now? Name your family. You can, you could, okay, you're eligible. Now it's still a process of all the paperwork and, and contacting former schools and mm -hmm. tracking kids. Mm -hmm. In regards to your additional hat that you wear as, and you can give the correct title here, but being the leader or the head of the district contract negotiating team for teacher, the teachers union, what insight has that given you into doing your professional job of overseeing athletics? How have they informed one another? I think it's been an interesting hand in hand position because you can't really successfully negotiate the financial piece for all of the teachers without knowing what the complete picture of the district finances are. Mm. And so I feel supported as the athletic director with release time. Recently, I went 10 years, 10, 11 years teaching seven periods a day with no release time to now I have four periods of release time. We, we can't go out and buy everything new every year, but financially we're supported. It has led to challenges where I think I could have improved the job and the time allocated to the athletic director, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel right doing that because at the time it affected one bargaining unit member, and that was me because mm -hmm. the, the AD at King City was a walk-on. There's been times where I've had to pass on improving the position because I, did, I just didn't feel right doing it. Mm -hmm. but it's been an interesting, I, I think everybody needs to, you know, ADs who are having budget issues, I think, get involved. If you're in a collective bargaining situation, mm -hmm. not necessarily a private place, but mm -hmm. definitely public education, know what the district finances are, know where it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because my first two years as a teacher, so I'm whatever, 23, 24, whatever it was, you got an extra like bargaining unit for sitting on the union team. And so like my first two years, like I was at those meetings, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but it was like, it was fascinating to look behind the curtain and trying to figure out how to navigate some of the challenges that are inherent to the job, especially in a public school versus a private school where I may want to do something and there's not a lot of red tape, but it's your place, there is. What would you say is the most challenging hurdle facing you in making what many of us would consider logical changes and improvement, but the bureaucracy gets in the way based on either ed code, district policy, whatever those things are. What's something that you've been wrestling with that you finally found success by being creative or just being patient? Who concession stand. I would say that anybody who's been to Greenfield High School since we opened, you come to a football game, you walk in the stadium, and the first thing you notice is there's a row of porta potties because there's no bathrooms in our stadium. 
nor is there a concession stand. We have a, a storage facility that has no running water nor electricity. Um, we use a generator and we haul everything in and out on you know Friday night, make it work to raise money to you know support the athletic programs. 24 years later, 24 years into the school, we we've got a, a permanent bathroom concession stand that uh, is supposed to be in for this graduation. So that's just being a persistent pain. We know we need to do this, but we don't have the money. Now we have the money. I think getting that done correctly, that's a big piece. I'm still trying to find creative solutions to dugouts and press boxes and mm -hmm. things like that. Going through the DSA process is timely and expensive. Some schools just get it done and the district looks the other way. I do not have that luxury. And when you say DSA process, what is that acronym? Uh, Department of State Architecture. So it, it has to be approved. Mm -hmm. And if it's uh, not approved, then you can run into some serious fines and ripping things out. For example, when we first opened up, the, the, the kids who came to Greenfield High School for the first few years, we had a dirt track. Mm -hmm. We had portable bleachers that sat on the track for football. At the time, we had some developer fees that they utilized to install concrete bleachers that are there now. Mm -hmm. And we had to get a, a variance because... We didn't have the $250,000 to put in this know, seven switchback uh, wheelchair ramp to right. allow somebody to access the top of the stadium where a press box would be. Mm -hmm. So we cannot install a press box because we have no way to get a, a wheelchair up there. Right. And so those are some of the trade-offs that you have when you have an underfunded school construction project. Right. It seems like they're always underfunded. They always cost more than what they pass the bond for. Yes. And the, let's call it laws, are changing at such a rapid pace that maybe when you did the blueprints for the project and then the accessibility things came in, it's like, what do we do? This is what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a, one of the more frustrating things. Yeah. Let's go back in time and let's pass the bond for more money and, and build it right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Let's pivot to your coaching hat. You won your first league title. This yeah, year. I hate, man, losing his coach in Monterey County is good. Sitting right in front of you. It doesn't mean you haven't been successful. Let's talk about what that journey was like. And after 25 years of doing this, how would you put your finger on, this is the best thing we do in this program that has created the culture I want, the continuity that I want, even though even the student body is sometimes discontinuous. But if you were to walk away and go somewhere else, regardless of the demographic that you are now coaching, like we are going to do this and here's why. It just starts on a matter of, of respecting kids. When you pack up and go somewhere new, if it, as the adult, I left to go somewhere else, there's a complete rebuilding of your identity. And that's not something I've had to deal with. I've been in one place. Kids tend to know who you are and what they're getting when they walk in. I would say that my basketball kids know a side of me that most of the people I work with don't. I think I come across as this intimidating, scary, hard to approach guy that my basketball girls definitely see a different side of that. So it's been an interesting thing. I really value the ongoing lasting relationships I have with former players. Coaching to me is a way of giving back, especially to the female population in a predominantly Hispanic community. I've dealt with kids in the past, early in my coaching career, the, where the girls were phenomenal athletes. The brothers, not so much. And, and the brothers could play whatever they want. And the girls had to go home. And that really 
wasn't fun to deal with. And mm -hmm. so just allowing these young ladies to you know, be empowered by participating in athletics, that's been one of the more rewarding things. So how do you then, as you describe that culture and that situation, go about recruiting your campus? I don't want to use the word convincing, but encouraging and getting participation from a group that isn't necessarily always permitted or interested in playing interscholastic sports. How have you done that? And how has that changed over the 25 years you've been there? I think one of the more challenging things was, was recruiting enough girls to play field hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking at the, the Title IX numbers and football kind of skewed the boys' side up. And it was like, hey, it, it's time to add a girl sport. Let's see if we can drum up support for girls. And my soccer kids tended not to do anything but soccer. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, strategically, they understand the game of field hockey. It's mm -hmm. a very similar strategy. It's different equipment. They really appreciate Paul at Catalina. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, come pick up some stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went over and he gave me a bunch of gear and mm -hmm. brought it down. And here you go. This is what it's all about. Come out and open playground with, mm -hmm. with field hockey stuff and got a team going. And that's still a continual walking around at lunch with gear and kids. And hey, come on out, come out and play. It's fun. And we've been able to field two teams. Mm -hmm. But it's work as mm -hmm. opposed to something like like basketball and greenfield. A lot of kids play it from an early age. It's mm -hmm. indoors and wind is horrendous for those of you who don't live there, <laughs> spend a lot of time there. You know, it's hard to play something like volleyball or tennis outside because the wind blows so hard. And we tend to get a lot of kids coming out for basketball. Right. It's not, don't need to recruit a whole lot. Well, I think it's funny you mentioned field hockey because I run into the same thing on our campus where our kids participation is obligatory and so they're going to do something and they sign up for volleyball they sign up for tennis they sign up for golf and it's if you've never played you're not making our golf team you're not making our tennis team if you are willing to give it a shot and you have a pulse and you are alive like you'll make the field hockey team like come on up but, but nobody knows what field hockey is on the west coast it's it's not a sport that is prevalent around us at least i think we're now down to 10 teams total and then Globally, it's a male sport. So it's like you have this weird collision of lack of knowledge and fear of trying something new. And if once you get the kids out there, they usually love it. And it's like you said, it's, I always joke, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, water polo is the same as field hockey. You just have a different implement. And so it's funny that you tell that story. On the coaching side of things, as the athletic director, you're obviously responsible for all of the programs. You not only supervise your own teams, but administrate your sports as they go to other schools and you get to see what else is going on. And I'm always curious, what have you observed, watched, learned, watching non-basketball coaches and teams that you have been able to steal and implement as a basketball coach? And while you're thinking, the reason I always ask this, and usually I'm in my office recording these things, but... My office looks out on the pool. And so I watch water polo practice and it's the same game as hoops. It's just in a different medium. And so the water polo coach and I are always talking. My assistant AD is our head lacrosse coach. We're always talking. That's the same game. And it's, what are you doing to get this done? And then go try to use it in our sport. But often we get tunnel vision and we're in this echo chamber of, oh, I have to go talk to another basketball coach to figure out how to guard a pick and roll. And it's actually, no, you don't. Like, go see what they're doing over here. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I know, I, I think... I think some of this, Tim McCarthy, he used to ask a question, what would it look like 
for you to be coached by you. Mm -hmm. You know, would, would you like that? And a lot of times I'm looking at how adults interact with their student athletes. And right. I really like this. I really like that. I don't so much like this. Am, am I like that? Mm -hmm. Do I need to change this? I think one thing I've mellowed considerably as a coach, I, I have my former athletes, well, well, why don't you yell at them? Like you yelled at us. And I was like, I, I, I just can't. I'm not there. I'm not there anymore. So there's been, you know, that evolution, but little ideas that, that it's hard to articulate. It's a, just a tool bag and mm -hmm. you, you throw out the ones you don't use and mm -hmm. you add the ones that you, you think are going to work. Like me, I had to do a little homework this mm -hmm. year because I, man, I had two big girls. Mm -hmm. I've never had two big girls. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you could do that playing small ball all mm -hmm. the time that, you know, hey, let's go to town and try some different things. Mm -hmm. Which in, my, in today's era of basketball, if done well, actually gives you an advantage because everybody else is going the other direction. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting that you bring that up because often, and I'm guilty of it for sure, it's this is how we play. And we're going to fit the pieces into this no matter what it takes. And, and so to be able to reinvent yourself in that way is one of those tools. How would you say, as an advice giver in this situation with 25 years of experience and in a league of 32 of us or however many schools we have where we talk a lot, you have found to be the best way to approach the difficult conversations you often have to have with coaches about either decision-making in regards to not filling out paperwork or things you've observed in their coaching approach that aren't necessarily wrong, but from the experience seat could be done differently to achieve a greater result. How have you found is the best way to navigate those? And I understand it's different based on the personality and the relationship you have with those coaches, but are there a few kind of tactile pieces of advice that you could share that it's like, hey, th these are the things you have to do because if not, this is what's gonna happen. I think the biggest piece of that is being invisible by being highly visible. I mean, you were there so much mm -hmm. that you're just there. I walk through practices pretty much daily if I'm on campus. You're just a piece standing there observing what's going on. Coach asks you, well, what do you think? You can give them feedback then. Mm -hmm. When you're not there, it's really hard to give that feedback. Mm -hmm. So maybe that would be a piece of advice that mm -hmm. I would give new ADs. Yeah, you're buried in paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, put it down. Take some sanity break. Go out and, and walk through practice for 45 minutes after warm-ups are done and, and see what's going on and see what your coaches are doing. And mm -hmm. it's a skill development that, that they're working on for the day. And it gives you a much better idea about why they're asking for equipment mm -hmm. and, and what's going on with the overall program and what you would expect to see, you know, attitudinally at games and mm -hmm. which kids you might need to keep an eyeball on and mm -hmm. maybe have a chat with. Mm -hmm. In that, as you observe these things, as you're working on your coaching yourself, as you're trying to constantly grow all of your coaches as leaders, all of your student athletes as leaders, is there a particular challenge or failure that you've experienced during your time in your coaching role, in your athletic director role, in your teaching role 
that has been the most informative for you finding success as a result of that moment? One thing that sticks with me is kind of phenomenal young man that went to UCLA for track and field. And I am super frustrated. We had a, a really good track team, but we didn't have a lot of kids practice. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle mm -hmm. to get kids to come to practice. They, they didn't want to work hard. Mm -hmm. And I was venting frustration one day. Mm -hmm. and, and Joel very quietly and calmly said, Coach, don't yell at us. We're here. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Man, I, I, I am sorry. Mm -hmm. I am just so frustrated. And, and that was interesting. How many times have I done that over the years? Mm -hmm. like, I still carry that with me. I run into Joel at, at a wedding well over 10 years after he graduated. And I, I shared that with him. I'm like, that's something I've always carried mm -hmm. with me. And that's almost like when we're coaching basketball and we're frustrated with someone on the court and we turn and holler at the bench. It's, we're not even in. Like, yeah. why are you telling us? For when you get in? <laughs> it's like, no, talk to the guys that are doing it. I love that story. That's funny. All right, this question is a little bit out of the box because it doesn't really apply to anything that we've been talking about. Theoretically, it can if you want to make it. Do You and I both ride our bikes and I was out in the Carmel Valley and I listen to this podcast called Coaching for Leaders with Dave Stahoviak, and he always finishes with this question, which is, what have you most recently changed your mind on? And I rode back home, walked into the house, and like my wife and daughter are there. I'm like, what have you most recently changed your mind on? What the hell are you talking about? And it's <laughs> as you're constantly trying to grow and evolve, part of that is challenging your beliefs. And I took the question in that frame. So it's like, how are we constantly challenging our beliefs? So when we find some reason to change them, that we're willing to do. And so I asked that question in the same sense. Hey, I used to be over here and now I'm over here and here's why. And it can be about anything, but something like you can just think about recently that I was like, yeah, actually, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, that's, that's, that is interesting. The first thing that comes to my mind when you, you ask me that question is something that I know about me is when I get passionate about something. If you're not on my side, you probably absolutely just cannot stand the tone of voice that I'm using at that particular moment. I definitely have tonal issues. That's something that... that I realized that needed work. I was listening to a podcast and it was an interesting piece of advice that the, the, the guy said, hey man, just, just pretend like it's your late night FM DJ voice, which is probably going to bug the heck out of people too. But if you're sitting in the room and uh, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh man, Radcliffe's going to just lose it here. And, and you hear the, the just the chill tone. It's a realization that mm -hmm. it's not always the best way to approach things. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm typically very passionate about what I do. If you're on my team, you're on my team. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, yeah, you probably don't like me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and often, because I run into that as well, it's usually due to some perception by the other person and a lack of understanding of who you are at your core and what your value system is in regards to, look, we're going to do what's best for kids here. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand up and be the squeaky wheel when I have to, because someone's got to say, it. and yeah. how has that both served 
and inhibited you over the years, not from achieving your goals, but potentially achieving outcomes that are best for kids. But you've had to be creative in a solution to make sure that the point is heard. For me, some of this stuff is really highly uncomfortable because if you left me alone, I'm the dude even today that would be sitting in the back of the room, not interacting a whole lot, not saying a whole lot, but I guess sticking up for kids and some of the things that I believe in in education have allowed me to, to use my voice. And it's not always comfortable. I, I still don't particularly enjoy addressing a room full of adults. Kids, no problem. Adults, still uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, it just never was in my DNA. It's been outside my comfort zone forever. Mm -hmm. But I would say that would be the one thing, addressing that uh, discomfort of, of speaking up mm -hmm. and doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap with this. As we mentioned when we opened the conversation, we're at the California State Athletic Directors Conference. And there's early bird day. Today is the actual beginning of the conference. There were some other courses and things that we could have gone to and some sessions that we both were here for. But what is something that you've gained from being here? Very specifically, just this year, that was enough already just after the 48 hours you've been here without even getting to the meat of the conference yet that would lead you to recommend anybody listening to this get involved and go to these sessions so that you can continue to grow as either an administrator or a coach or a teacher or whatever hats you happen to wear there are so many different perspectives and points of view that you can experience at one of these things you can take something away i've come to more of these than i haven't because my time as an AD, for me, this particular time around, I, I felt like I needed to get some information on esports. Mm -hmm. So I had a great conversation with the esport people that are here and also the Unified Athletics. I think that's something that would help our student population out. We have a fairly robust group of regular ed kids, and they, it's called the Circle of Friends. And they basically go in and spend time with it, with our, mm -hmm. our special needs kids. And I think that there would be following for bringing some of those athletic pieces so it was a good opportunity to gather some information for that as well thanks for being here and taking the time out of our busy schedule to sit down and conduct the first in-person interview on the show thank you justin this podcast was also brought to you by teachhoops.com as coaches our inboxes will get flooded with noise on how to make your program better teachhoops.com will get you focused on what needs to get done. One thing you've heard from these podcasts is no matter the experience, you got to keep pushing yourself to be better. Coach Steve Collins will help you direct that noise. He is there to help you. He has the credentials as a coach and he's never turned down an Teach Hoops member. Sign up for a plan at teachhoops.com and mention us at checkout. This site is here simply to help you be better. Take advantage and see you on the court. Remember, go to teachhoops.com. Drink Element is a healthy alternative to sugary electrolyte drinks. Each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, or any other junk. Element is thrilled to be releasing a new limited-time flavor this November. 
Element Milk Chocolate. I drink Element every day to support my workouts and being on the court and in the classroom. As a member of our community, Element has a special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours today at drinkelement, that's L-M-N-T, dot com slash contacts.